I want to encourage you this morning. Um, thank you, worship team. Just an amazing, amazing job. Appreciate your ministry. You're going to make it today. You're going to make it. Your, your marriage is going to make it. Your marriage, your sons and your daughters are going to make it. Your family's going to make it today. People need to hear that. I felt the Lord just drop that in my heart uh, on Thursday night or Friday night that, that you're going to make it. And uh, if, you're, if you've come here today, if you dragged yourself here today, if you were dragged here today, if you uh, were very reluctant to come here today, I just want to say thank you. Um, at some point there, you made a decision to, to place coming together uh, a priority. And um, I want to encourage you, God's, you're going to make it. Tell somebody next year, we're going to make it today. Come on, tell somebody. We're going to make it. Our marriage is going to make it. <laughs> Amazing. Father, I just thank you for your goodness here today. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence here even right now, just hovering over your people, oh Lord. Lord, I thank you for the, the wonderful, sweet fragrance of your presence. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you to come and to speak into our hearts. We welcome you. To, um, to minister into this house. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We ask that you would come and minister into this community and minister into, minister into our nation today. Lord, I pray for every heart that is here today. I pray for those that are watching later on. I pray, Holy Spirit, that this will be a, a, just a fresh day of, your, of an encounter with you, that, that marriages would change, Lord, that, um, that hearts would change, Father, that lives, that destinies would change today, Father. Lord, I speak and release your blessing. I thank you for the amazing heritage, for the legacy that has been forged in my bloodline. And I pray that today, Father, that grace that has been forged in my bloodline will be manifest, that would be out of, out of grace, out of relationship. Lord, that it will be outpoured, Father, over every household today, every family represented here today in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Man, I'm so proud of you. You are growing. You have just grown into just an amazing leader and a and a fine fine man. Um, your mum and dad got to be proud of you, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you continue to emerge as the man, as the father that God has called you to be. And uh, these are these are forging days in your life, and. Uh, these are forging days of responsibility, and uh, for both of you, I'm just so proud of uh, the decisions and the stands that you have both made, and especially want to acknowledge you, Jonathan. Um, you're a good man, and the future looks great with you here. So yeah, keep rising, man. Keep rising. Uh, Rebecca, you're going to make it. Rebecca, there's, um, there is strength in you, and uh, uh, just... just just had the, the lady's name, Rebecca, place on my heart and just in worship. And I want to encourage you that you're going to make it too. Your marriage is going to make it. But there's, there's a strength inside of your heart that you're yet to discover. You know it's there, but, it's, but you're yet to discover. I'm praying for you. I, I pray that today that you would experience healing, that you would experience breakthrough in your life. And uh, just know that the Lord loves you and the Lord's upon your family. And I bless you today in Jesus' name. Hey, it's great to be with you here today. And, uh, these last few days have just been uh, just absolutely moving, uh, outstanding. Uh, Kate and I and, and Joe and Steve and um, our, our family got together over these last few days for a, 
to celebrate mum and dad's 50th wedding anniversary. And uh, amazing year, just absolutely amazing. And it was just to, uh, uh, just to it wasn't just a, a booze up or anything, none of that, but it was a, it was a time where we came together and there was, uh, words, words cannot describe how, much, how impacting these last few days would have been. Um, sure, we ate together, we had a great time, and, but one, a couple of things that we really, uh, were really outstanding for, that really touched my heart was this, that uh, I heard stories of the legacy that my, my bloodline, my, the, the stories of, of righteous stands that both my grandparents made and, and the mother, grandmother and grandfather on both sides of the family. How the decisions that they made to, sta- to stand up against injustice, to stand for righteousness, to stand for the things of God, to, to make stands at, at tremendous costs. And um, my grandfather wasn't a, uh, he, he was a very quiet and gentle man, uh, but he was a strong and firm leader. Um, but yet, and it was interesting just to experience the fruit of the decisions that he made at, at 13 years of age. At 13 years of age, he made a, a very strong stand to come out of the Exclusive Brethren Church. His whole family was, was involved in the Exclusive Brethren Church. And, um, you know, they're you know, good people, but there's a doctrine that gets inside of their heart that, that's actually it's destructive. And uh, my granddad made a decision at the age of 13. He came to a camp and experienced the touch of God. And... Uh, and uh, made that decision, which cost him. So he had to pay his own way through university, had to uh, basically live in the garage of his house when all the rest stayed inside the house, ate, ate by himself, um, had to raise his own money for his own education, but did well. But made a stand for righteousness, made a stand to, to, do, to walk in the ways that were right in the eyes of the Lord, and uh, came at a major cost. But nonetheless, he paid a price, and God rewarded him uh, for his, for his honour, and uh, and he retired at the age of uh, 55. He worked hard in business. Retired at the age of 55, and um, got together with four other, uh, three other businessmen, and they established El Rancho. And uh, not, they did more than that. But Granddad, he 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 forged family life. He forged values. So he he would teach us the word of God. He would he would pray for us. He would teach us how to pray. He would. He would love on us. He would invest time. He would invest experiences into us. Um, we even started, uh, before we even started the, the, the time together, I took my family down to Picton for a night because that was one of the first places my granddad used to take us as children. He used to take his grandchildren on granddad holidays, experiences to show us the world, to, um, to talk to us, to love on us, to, um, to, to invest into our lives. He made that stand. He took the time. He could have been out making money, but he took the time in the latter part of his years. And that, that, that from 55 forward, he made the decision to invest uh, into his own children and, 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 to, and, and many, many people. So he, it was great just to see that even uh, after he's passed away, that still 15,000 young people a year are still beneficiaries of the decisions that he, he had made. 15,000 people every year, and we were able to stand on that legacy. And it came at a tremendous cost, but he made, it, he made that stand. And I want to encourage you young people, 
You've got to to start making stands at a young age. You're never too old, you're never too young to make a stand. You're better to do it now. You're better to do it while you have the opportunity. Make a stand and continue to make the stands for righteousness. The fact that you came here today when there was other options tells me that you made a stand, that you made made it a value to come together and to meet and to hear and to experience the presence of the Lord. So I really want to honor you for that today. Also, uh, here in my... Just the story of my own parents and the sacrifice that they have made and um, uh, just the honor and the, and the dedication that they, they have uh, in, their, in, their pursuit, in the pursuit of the Lord. And that's why uh, this place is here, because somebody made some decisions later on, earlier on. That's why many thousands of people around the world and across the country are being touched and being blessed because of decisions that both my grandparents and both uh, my parents also made, and including now, it's myself, and and now uh, all of us have to make these decisions, and I'm praying that my life will also uh, have an impact that would touch thousands, and it already has. Kate and I, we made decisions to, uh, to do things uh, in the face of opposition, but yet now thousands of people are being, uh, have received hope because of decisions that we have made. And I wanna, so I want to encourage you, all of this has happened um, only by the grace of the Lord, and uh, you can make it. So I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what you are struggling with, it doesn't matter what you are experiencing, it doesn't matter where your start point is, uh, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You know, your life can make a great impact on this world. And that's why I encourage you, come to this uh, conference. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, I, kind of, I was kind of wrestling a little bit about what to, and, and what to bring this morning. Obviously, there's uh, a lot of turmoil in our nation right now. We've got elections coming up. And uh, so there was a whole bunch of stuff that I could have uh, shared. There was, but this is, what I felt for the, this is what I felt the Lord has placed in my heart. Uh, interesting that we are living in days that are not too dissimilar to what we read in Scripture. And there is nothing that we're experiencing in the world right now that has not happened before. It may seem new, there are new different expressions, there are new expressions of it, but the same, but the heart of man and, and the spirits that operate still have not changed. Yeah? The only way that the heart of man can change is through redemption through Jesus Christ. But one of the things that we're experiencing, what we're seeing in the world, what we're seeing in politics, it's nothing new. Right? And so you look all around what's going on in, around the churches and around different voices. There'll be people putting placards up. There'll be people making all sorts of decrees. But I want to tell you today, we are connected to a source. We are connected to a power that is far greater than any any policy that gets produced or any government that's in or out of government, it doesn't really matter. They have an effect on our nation, so, but let not that take the power away from you because at the end of the day, it's Christ in us is the hope of glory, the Christ in you. There is no government on earth. There is no government uh, that can be elected into, into, our gov- into, into our nation that cannot usurp the authority of Christ. So it's important that this one, again, I want to encourage you, come to that sonship uh, Sonship retreat. Uh, we're living in days, interesting, where information or forms of knowledge about, abound, but morality and righteousness, righteousness has decayed. You can see we're, we have more information, we have more data in the world today than we ever have before. We have a form of knowledge. It's not the only form of knowledge, but we have a, a form of knowledge has increased so many different aspects. I mean, today, the, what people know about certain things and what people know about how things work are far more 
um, far more abounding than what they used to do. So we are in an age where knowledge abounds, where information abounds. But interesting, when you, can, you don't have to look very far to see that righteousness has decayed in the same, in the same token. Uh, uh, morality has decayed in, 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 in uh, astronomical amounts. And interesting, when morality decreases, so does freedom. So one of the things that uh, we are designed to walk, we are designed by God to walk uh, righteously. In, in other words, we walk in a way that our, uh, our life has an impact, that our life doesn't cause destruction in the world that we live around us. And so the more we let go of morality, in other words, understanding and walking in the, right, in the ways of God, the more another institution has to bring rules to, to keep the balance of society. So the more, uh, the more immoral or the more unrighteous a nation walks, the more rules and the less we start to lose our freedom. And so this is why it's important that we understand uh, righteousness. You only have to look through the scripture to see where people, where they walked in the ways of righteousness, God blessed them, and, and they, they walked in peace. But when, we, when they walked in wickedness, people came into bondage. So one of the things that we got to learn to do is, with all our heart is to raise our kids and to, and to make a decision to, to allow the Lord to lead us down the path of righteousness. Um, interesting. Uh, when we read of laws and edicts that were passed by people whose hearts were wicked, anyone who challenged the decree or did not comply were punished. So I was just thinking about uh, Esther, and, Esther and Haman. When you read the book of Esther and Haman, uh, interesting, there's no mention of God really in there at all. But nonetheless, it was a, the, the book is in there. So one of the things, if you, if you, read, the, if you read that story, one of the things that you'll see is that there was an edict or there was a decree that went out across the land. And anyone that didn't apply or didn't go with that or rebelled against that uh, got into massive trouble. Now, I want, to, I want to say to you today, we are not living in that age, but we are living in a day today where there are private bills or there are private members' bills being um, introduced into our local parliament right now that are no different from that one there. No different right now. Here's one. Here's one decree. There's a private member's bill at this point that is being tabled in Parliament that simply says this, that uh, you, can, you can read about it under, from, from Bob, Bob McCroskey. But here, here's, here's how it goes. If you've got a child and in the education system that the, the, the child discovers or has been suggested or it's called um, conversion therapy. So it's, essentially it's the same way. It's either do it our way or you're going to go into jail. <laughs> so what, what happens is this, is, it, is what's called uh, an edict being written at the moment, which, may, which says this. If your child, if you've got a child and they decide, they were born a male, but then they decide through, or they discover through the education that they now want to either be non-binary or another type of gender. I think there's about 58 of them or something, but anyway. And you come home, and the child comes home, and you tell that child that no, you are, if the child is a, is a boy, and you say no, uh, and they came home and say, I'm going to be a girl now. And if you as a parent would say, no, you are a boy, you are God, you're creative in that way, that is who you are. Don't try and think that you're a camel or a girl, don't, don't even think that way, that's, that's not right. Uh, that parent is then liable for criminal prosecution, at which point you will be faced with the court. The same thing as the church. So for me, I'll be, I'll be faced with things like this. So, even, so that puts our preschool at risk. That puts parents at risk. That puts anyone that doesn't go along with that 
basically becomes a criminal. These are some of the edicts that are now being presented in, in our parliament today, which also means today as, as if in a, in a church, if people um, are struggling in the areas of their um, sexuality and want to come and get help, or they're struggling in, in, in relational, and the core root of that is an issue of immorality or, or, or sexual orientation or something like that, and the word of God comes and brings conviction, what, would, what will happen then is if that then causes a reaction in somebody, they can then go and have you charged and, I'll, and as a pastor or a minister can be faced with court action and go to jail. So don't tell me that we're living in different ages than back there. The same spirits are still alive. The same spirit is still here. The same wickedness in the heart of man and woman is still alive today. There are still edicts being written that will try and uh, cause us to come into a place of bondage, that will try and cause us to, um, uh, to shut down the plans and purposes of God. So interesting, Esther and Haman, there's bills being submitted. So even today about the, the interesting, the one of, of, of abortion and euthanasia. These here are, are bills of life and death. They are to do with the sanctity of God. They are to do with the sanctity of life. And yet there are bills, many of you will know today, is that there are bills being passed even right now, and they are to do with the life and death of people. Now, the bottom line, I don't really want to unpack all this for you today, but the bottom line is this. Life in itself is an entrustment from God. It's an entrustment from God. And I, mean, I, just, I got, a, bill, I got a, a notice from one of our doctors the other day saying out of all, the majority, like 90, 96% of doctors are against this bill. But yet, nonetheless, it's an edict that's being introduced into our society. So the, the same spirit of death, the same spirit of destruction that has operated in, in, the, in, in the times of Esther and Mordecai and Haman, these are still being produced. They are still, that spirit is still alive in our society today, here in New Zealand. So the question is, what will we do about it? What will we do about it? And... Uh, Today, I kind of want to open up a little bit of scripture for you. First of all, I want to encourage you with this, that our faith, that the basis of our faith is rooted, I believe, here's, a, here's an example. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, it, the Lord talks about the outworking or the benefits of covenant relationship with him. So we are designed to have covenant relationship with the Lord. We're designed to, to walk in righteousness. And there is a benefit from walking in that. There's a, there's a, there's a consequence for not walking in that. And he, he, the Lord says in, in Deuteronomy 28, The Lord will establish you as a holy people and set apart to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord and walk that is, live your life each and every day in his ways. So he's talking about one of the things I brought out the other Sunday was our, our relationships are, are based on two things, covenant, uh, uh, brit, and also kest, which is, which is love. So one is based on law and, and, and righteousness, living right. The other one, it's also based on, on an outflow of love. So if you went there, you can, you can go back to it. So... He's talking, that is to live your life each and every day in his ways, every day. So all that the people of the earth, all of the people, all of the people of the earth, 
will see that you are called by the name of God. Or in other words, that my name would be stamped, they would see, it would be evident to every nation on the earth that my name, the name of El Shaddai, the name of Adonai, will be stamped upon you, that you are my people. And that you are called by my name and they will be afraid of you. In other words, they will hold you in great, great regard or great respect. The Lord will give you great prosperity in the offspring of your body and the offspring of your livestock and produce of your ground and the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord would open for you his good treasure house, the heavens, to give you rain in your land in its season and to bless all the works of your hands. And you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will be above only and you will not be beneath. If you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord, which I command you, that you observe them carefully. So one of the things we can see is that there is a promise. In other words, it doesn't matter who's in government, who's not in government. It does not matter so much what they, what they do will ha certainly have an impact on the nation. But actually our hope, our, our, our faith is grounded in the scripture that it matters not What's going on inside of the, the, the political space? When we walk in covenant and righteousness before the Lord, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. In other words, you will live a life of victory. You will go through hard times. You'll go through difficult times. But nonetheless, you will remain a man and a woman. You, your, your family will be victorious. You'll be able to stand and testify and say, yes, the enemy tried to destroy our marriage. Yes, the enemy tried to take our young people. The enemy tried to keep us in poverty. But we are standing strong. We are the head and not the tail. You can see that all the way through the Jewish people. They've been through the Holocaust. They've been um, all through those... I mean, you look past the history, they've been enslaved, they've been captivated, they've been uh, murdered, they've, been, they've gone through all of those horrendous things, but yet today, they are still today one of the most powerful countries in the nation of the earth. That is where our faith is centered into. But however, it's important that we understand what is being released. It's important that we understand uh, what is what the enemy is trying to do in our nation. And that's why uh, we have the seminar to be able to help us come and to, 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 to stand as the sons of God. And so one of the things, I want to bring it in tight this morning in regards to Babylon. So one of the things when you look at when Israel got placed into, into captivity, Babylon was a place of captivity. It was a tough time, but it was also the most powerful time in Israel's history. It, the, the powerful times were not always when they were, when they were victorious in, in, in battle. Powerful times when they were experiencing hardship, the most powerful times that developed them, that shaped them, were, were the times where they were going through, went into slavery, when they, got, when they went through tough times. So, so Babylon, although it was a, an extraordinarily tough time for them, they prospered and they, and they grew as a result. And interesting, uh, so you look at Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar himself was an extraordinary tough man. He was, uh, he was short in stature, he was, a, he was actually dwarf, but yet he was a physically, he was, he was an out there man that suggested that he, would that he used to ride lions, so he's a dwarf riding a lion. That's the type of man that he was. And so he was an extraordinary um, headstrong man. He was, a, he was an extraordinary cruel man. You, the whole thing of being thrown into the furnace and fed to lions and things like that, that wasn't just a once-off occasion. That would happen on a daily basis. He was a tough man. You know, if, if you don't agree with our government that we've got at the moment, another option could be Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, no one's getting nailed on the crosses on the streets just yet. 
Uh, there's still hope for you. You're fine. Don't worry about it. You'll be, you'll be good. Uh, he was a tough man. He was very cruel. He was intolerant. Listen to this. He was intolerant to any other beliefs outside of his own. So in other words, it's interesting when you look at the Babylonian culture and when you look at today. I'm going to bring it in really specific for you. But there was no, there was no tolerance for any other uh, any other religion. There was no tolerance for Christianity. There was no, obviously Christianity wasn't there, but the, but the mentality was you do it our way and our way only. So in other words, it was, a, it was an ancient form of conversion therapy. You're going to live our way and no other way. <laughs> yeah? so, but you can see the same spirit that's operating in the world today. You try and make a stand. You try and st- stand up for you. what you believe is right. I can tell you right now, you will be you will be slammed. You will experience the same spirit of Babylon today as, you, as the Israelites experienced back there. Interesting, uh, it, was, it was also sexually perverse. Nebuchadnezzar himself was, uh, the Hebrew sages say, that he was bisexual. In other words, well, you know what that means. I'm not going to go into that. But it was a sexually perverse culture. And again, you look at our world today, it is sexually perverse. Now they're trying to create all sorts of different types of agendas, and it's okay I'm just kind of opening it up so you can understand, you can, you can see the similarity of, of spirits that operate in, in, the, in the same culture. To a, large, to a large degree, Babylon became a captivity of the mind. Interesting, there, there were those of God's people who, when they were in Babylon, there were those who sat by the river and cried and, and, and wailed. Interesting, they sat down there and reminisced of, of days of old. They, lived, uh, they just sat down and they lived in despair. They lived in the hope. There were people in there, there were people of God, that's what they did. They just sat down. There are people here today, you can just sit down. You know, you sit down under the pressure, you sit down under the, the pressure of the weight that's going on. There were other people that would have turned over and start to become culturalized. You couldn't be able to tell the difference. But there were men like Daniel who made a decision to live a different life. These are hours today. These are days in which God is calling us, not just to be a mob of angry Christians and protest at this, that, and the other thing, but to set an example of a life that is different. It doesn't matter who's in government. See, the thing is, if we, if we put it all on, 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 on who's in government or who's not on government, what it does, it disempowers you. It disempowers the faith that you and I are born into. I can assure you this, you can look through history and see that regardless of who's in power, God's people can prosper. That is the foundation of our faith. So as we come up to election, by all means, elect the right party. (laughs) But the hope of our nation really does rest in you and I. There were those that increased in power in such a wicked environment. Daniel did that. And there are still people that are sitting by the rivers of Babylon saying, I wish life was better. Interesting, a couple of things. The culture, listen to the, you, you see if you can make the, make the connection. The culture of Babylon was about image. The culture of Babylon was about image. In other words, you have a man who's the leader, the leader of the country who's got small man syndrome. What does he do? He builds this big image that everyone has to bow down to. If you look at the today, the culture of today is still about image. It is still about image. You have people that have a character deficit, they have an identity deficit, and the only way that they can make a statement about themselves is post it all out on Facebook or social media. 
Pastors included. Pastors included. When you try and find your identity from image, posting all these posts and images of, of look at me with this person, look at me with that person. It's all about image. Nothing's really changed. The same spirit is still alive today. So the culture of Babylon was about image. If you look at today, that's why we have influences. That's why there are so many influences on social media. That's why people need to have the flashiest and best thing. Why it's to be co- it's simply the same thing as Nebuchadnezzar to compensate for the lack of secure, lack of internal security. Paul said, "I've learned how to be content in the good things and the bad." So one of the traps of a Babylonian culture is this is that we need material things or we need to present an image that will try and cause people to bow down to us and say how great thou art. I'm not against social media at all, but when it becomes to a point where we're using it as a means to fulfill a, a deficit in our heart, that's the same culture of Babylon. Interesting, another one is this, that the religion of Babylon was this. The religion of Babylon was a system of mysteries, knowledge, and secrecy. And it was encapsulated in what was called the drinking of a golden cup. So what would have, they would, they would have this cup, and they would have honey and wine and all these bits and pieces. And when people would drink this cup, it was an intoxicating brew. And so one of the things that people would do, would, they would drink this cup, and they'd start to get intoxicated. And in that intoxication, there would be the revelation or such and such of mysteries and new knowledge and stuff like that. Interesting, when you go and stand on the footsteps of our New Zealand parliament, in, in, in the parliament house, if you go right to the front door and you look down, you'll see a big, uh, a big mosaic artwork in there. All right? And in the artwork, there'll, there'll be some pictures, but there'll be some Latin writing around the outside of it. The, the translation of that Latin writing simply means this. Essentially, it means this. It means a place of secrecy, mysteries, and agendas. Go have a look. That's what it means. I was there with Alfred Nardo a few weeks ago. He said, that's what, it, that, that's what that writing means, a place of mysteries, a place of inside information, a place of secrecy, a place of hidden agendas. That's what it means. So don't tell me that we are experiencing something different from what Daniel did. We are experiencing the same spirits in the nation today. Then that, that the same, Daniel had it worse. No one's got any fiery furnaces here right now. Nonetheless, prison sentences will await people. This is inscribed in the Mosaic art in the front. So interesting, Daniel himself was a captive, make no mistake about it. He was forcibly taken from his home to serve Nebuchadnezzar. It was quite likely that he was also a eunuch. On the other hand, he was strong in spirit and righteous in his thinking. I love it that in spite of being forcibly removed, in spite of being enslaved, in spite of being forced to serve the most wicked man in that point of time, interesting, he grew to become a fine leader in the nation and to the point where it's this, it says in Daniel chapter 6, now then this Daniel was preferred above Daniel. A slave was preferred above the presidents and princes. He was preferred, in other words, he had such great favor upon his life because of an extraordinary spirit was inside of him. An extraordinary spirit. 
Not just about his Facebook posts. <laughs> oh, Daniel, he was the one that got promoted because look at the awesomeness of it. Look how good he looks at those Facebook posts. He's the way. No, 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 no. It's got nothing to do with that. It's a load of rubbish. It was noted for his extraordinary spirit. Extraordinary spirit. There are some people today, they live, they come to church, but their spirit is no different from that of the world. There are other peoples today that are sit, still sitting down by the rivers of Babylon, feeling sorry for themselves, how hard done by, the, how hard done by they are. But there is a group of people, even though it was a small group, they made a decision to excel because of they were of an extraordinary spirit. And the king sought to set him over the whole realm. Talk about a power transfer. Talk about a place of influence. Daniel remained in power for three successive kings. That was four. Three. Three successive kings. Daniel remained in a place of power. He was a captive. He was forcibly removed from his home. Likely that he was a eunuch. But yet, Remain strong in spirit and strong in character. If, you've got a, if your life's been hard done by, check out Daniel. He was of an extraordinary spirit. How did they get that? Daniel had to make a stand for righteousness from his youth. If you go over, let's just turn to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. I love this. In Daniel chapter 1, it says, Young men without blemish and handsome in appearance, skillful in all wisdom, endowed with intelligence and discernment, and quick to understand, competent to stand in the presence of the king, and able to serve in the king's palace. He ordered one of his men to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. Listen to this. And the king assigned a daily ration. Somebody say a daily ration. King assigned a daily ration for them from his finest food and from the wine which he drank. And they were to be educated and nourished in this way for three years. So the end of the time, they were prepared to enter into the king's service. But in verse, in verse 8, it says, But Daniel made up his mind. In other words, he made an internal decision. He made, a, he made a valued decision in his heart to do this, that he would not defile, he would not taint, dishonor himself with the king's finest it talks about, the original translation uses two words. He said he would not drink the king's meat, he would not eat the king's meat, and he would not drink the king's wine. He would not defile himself. Interesting when you look at that. One, there was a daily meal, there was a meal that was prepared for a, on a daily basis. Right? It was prepared and served for people to drink on a, on a daily basis. So the meal consisted of mainly this, there was, there was a lot of fine food, but there was, there was meat and there was wine. Think about that, 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 that cup. So that cup can contain the, the, uh, contained the power to gain knowledge, to gain wisdom, to gain insight, but it was intoxicating. It was intoxicating. So Daniel made the decision that he would not eat the king's meat nor drink the king's wine. Quite two, two very, very powerful uh, symbolisms here. One, meat represents doctrine. Meat represents doctrine. Let me explain what doctrine is just briefly for you. Not everyone knows what a, what a true doctrine is. So a doctrine is made up of, of a compilation of teachings. So if you think about, 
the speaker here is a teaching, that there's a teaching, this here's a teaching, this here's another particular teaching, this is a teaching, and this is a teaching. Right? A doctrine is what stands behind the whole lot. Right? So in other words, you can have a pile of teachings that sound good, but the doctrine in which they are all based upon is either based on humanism or it's based on, 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 a, on a, even the Bible speaks of the doctrine of demons. So there are things, there are teachings in the world today. There are ideas, there are suggestions, there are things that are presented to you today that they can look good, they can sound appealing, but actually the bottom line is this. There is a doctrine behind all that that empowers the whole lot. If you think about uh, some religions, some people, even some Christians look to particular uh, religious teachings. One of the things you'll find, oh, there's nothing wrong with this particular teaching, but the problem with that is the doctrine in which it's centered on is, is, is empowered by demons. In fact, you'll find that there are Christians today, you'll see um, Christian instructional teachers putting things out on the marketplace, out on the Facebook, out on social media, you'll, and it can sound appealing, but when you know what to look for, one of the things that you'll see is if you track where that teaching goes back to, you, what, you'll teach, what you'll see, it'll come back to, it'll come back to a false doctrine that is not of kingdom. So it's important that we understand what meat that we are eating. The other one it talks about is this, he will not drink the king's wine. In other words, the wine represents spirit. So uh, whenever there is a, whenever this Bible speaks of wine, you would talk about new wine, the covenant of the spirit, it talks about a spirit. So it tells me this, within the kingdom, within the realm of Babylon, there were two things that empowered it. One, there was a doctrine, and two, that there was a spirit. And the spirit was intoxicating. If you want to say, I can tell you right now, the new spirit of today will be social media. You know the little like button on the social media thing, right? You know, you put like, someone's put a Facebook post up there and you put like. You know that like button. You know how that like button got designed? It got designed based upon people's addictions. It was designed by either a psychologist or an anthropologist who gained an understood, he had an understanding of what made people, they studied people's addictive behaviors. And out of the study of people's addictive behaviors, they came up with this idea of putting a like button on there. Hello? Hello? The person who invented that became so distraught about what they had done, they, had their resi they, they then res resigned from the company. Don't tell me the king's wine and the king's meat are still not being offered today. First thing you get up in the morning, check the, check the Facebook post, make sure. Is there, how, many people, how many people have liked my post? It's intoxicating. See how many Christians do it. You're not going to change the world by your Facebook post. It doesn't matter how spiritual they sound. Oh. It doesn't matter how spiritual, how righteous your picture looks up there, you ain't going to change the world by that. We use it, but I'm not hooked on it. It's not the source of my life. I'm the head of it, not the tail. 
I'm not the tail of Facebook and I'm not gonna be the one that's being wagged by social media, absolutely not. I know where my life source comes from. I know the doctrine that I'll feed upon. I'm careful of the teachings that I listen to. There are teachings out there today that got sonship written over them, they got kingdom written over them, but actually the bottom line is it's self-centered. The doctrine behind it is that of a self-centered lifestyle. There's no difference today between the spirits that operated in Daniel's time and what we're experiencing today. There comes a time, there will come a time where you, as parents, as grandparents, will need to make a stand over your children, a stand for righteousness. You will have to make a decision what you are going to drink on, what you are going to feed on. We live in a world today where there's so many things that are intoxicating. We just want a little bit more, want a little bit more, want a bit more of that. There is teaching out there that is intoxicating. A lot of preachers get very, very popular because of teaching that is intoxicating. It appeals to people's insecurities or, or appeals to people's desires inside of you. Daniel said, no, no, no. He said, I'm just, I'm just happy drinking water and having my vegetables. I could give you stuff that will tickle your fancies. I could give you teaching and preach to you in an intoxicating manner. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You know, I might be plain, but, but it'll be good food. I can assure you that. He chose to drink of a different cup, the presence of God. Many teachings today are late. Yeah. Some of you may understand this, but... Uh, some things that people smoke today are not the same as what they were smoked back yesterday. Today there are things that have been, other chemicals that have been laced, that are laced with things. That's why the cannabis referendum thing they're going through. Why? There are things, cannabis is not the same today as it was yesterday. Even back yesterday they, they laced it with a few little jazzy things. Now it's laced with another thing called pee. And before you know it, you're hooked. It's the same with what you allow to come on a daily basis. It's interesting that the king of Babylon served this up on a daily basis, prepared it on a daily basis. In other words, what you eat from day to day, what you drink on from day to day. That nice, sweet-sounding preacher you're listening to, oh, there'd be a lace of Something in there. It's poison for your heart. The New Testament church also was similar. They lived under horrendous conditions, but Jesus came, taught righteousness, renewed the covenant. They lived under a different spirit. They lived under the spirit of God. And they grew to influence the whole of the Roman Empire. You can see it in history, how the, the church, when they chose to live differently from the world around them, when Jesus came to bring the kingdom, he's talking about, you know, you don't live that way. Don't live the way that everyone else lives. You don't, drink from, you don't need to drink from that cup anymore. I'll give you a drink. You'll never thirst again. Never. When you drink from the cup of the Holy Spirit, when you drink of his covenant, when you, on a daily basis, make a decision,
to drink from the cup that Jesus gives. You'll never thirst again. When you make a decision to, to live uprightly, to live of an excellent spirit, to be of an extraordinary spirit, to hold yourself well, to be kind to those, even though that those that are hurt you or damage you, to release forgiveness, to, to seek reconciliation. When you make a decision to go the extra mile, even when people don't deserve it. That's what it means to king. That's just an encapsulation of what it means to live a kingdom life. It's not about being the greatest of this, about the greatest of that, or how many likes you've got on Facebook or anything like that. Living the kingdom life has to do with a heart transformation, making a stand for righteousness, making a decision to, on a daily basis to walk right before the Lord. It means to come before the Lord and, and seek your security from Him. It means to come to Him and to, to seek your identity in Him. It means to come to Him and to, to be guided by His Word. When you're facing a situation in life, come back to His Word, come back to His, his Scripture. His Word is meat, His doctrine is meat to us. That's why it's important to write things down. Write it down. Why? Because when you write it down, you feed upon it. Today, you and I are also called to make a stand, especially in today's days. In these days, we're called to make a stand, to live righteously, to live differently. Last week, we celebrated the illumination of the temple where Jesus stood and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever, loves, whoever comes to me shall never walk in darkness. Talked about how the illuminate, how he, he said that. Right, and amazing. 75 foot candelabras, golden candelabras. Amazing. Romans 8, we know, we have this knowledge, we have an understanding that all things will work to good, together for good to those who love God, to those according, according to his purposes. Whatever we're experiencing in our own life, whatever we're experiencing, and the world around us. All things will work together for His good, regardless of who's elected next week or who's not. All things will work together for our good. I'm not afraid of who gets... I'll be concerned because what will be released will have a big impact in the world. But I have learned that no matter what comes my way, my faith is grounded in a faith that overcomes the world. So... I come from a legacy of people, men and women who had it tough, but overcame and lived to create a legacy that people still experience today. Regardless of who was in government. <laughs> Habakkuk 2.14, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. See, so when you make a decision to drink from the cup of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. When you allow His water to come and fill your heart, when you make a decision to eat the meat of doctrine from the, the table of the Lord, you will find that you will be grow strong, not just in your body, but you will grow strong in wisdom and knowledge as well. You'll have answers, you'll have keys. There'll be a knowledge that doesn't come from the world will be released into your life. Knowledge is that, you know, people see where well, you're prophet Tamarit moving in, the, in the, the spirit of knowledge. How did he get that knowledge? 
How does he know that person's name? How does he know that circumstance? How does he know what's going on? Well, the Holy Spirit, it's a different kind of knowledge, a knowledge of the glory of God. Our world is gonna need a different type of knowledge, not just an information type of knowledge, a knowledge of the heart and a knowledge of the Spirit. When Daniel brought that, he rose to great power. Therefore, Isaiah 5, verse 13, Therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have lack of knowledge. This is not an intellectual knowledge, but they have stopped hearing from God. They have stopped praying. They have stopped reading the Word. They have stopped fellowshipping. They have stopped coming to church. They have stopped being involved. They have stopped serving. They have stopped. They have just taken a step. They are sitting down by the rivers of Babylon feeling sorry for themselves. That's how people get into captivity. But when you make a decision regardless, what's going on in you or around you, that you make a decision to come before the Lord on a daily basis. Honour the Lord with your time. Honour the Lord with your finances. Honour the Lord with your praise. Honour the Lord with your affections. Allow Him to, so it's just vegetables. But it'll make you strong. It'll cause you to prosper. I guarantee it, I promise you that. You've got to make a stand though. You've got to make a stand. Every generation needs to make a stand somewhere. My great-grandfather did it. My grandfather did it. My father's done it. I have made it. Now I'm going to teach my children to make a stand for righteousness. We can do that. And regardless of who's in government, we'll always be able to walk in blessing and walk in peace. There are people here today. You've sat down by the rivers of Babylon somewhere. You've just sat down. You've stopped walking. You've stopped engaging. You've just sat down. You've got to make a stand. Get back up on your feet again. He's greater, the greater is He that is in you. If you've sat down somewhere in your life, if you've sat down as your role as a father, start, sat down as your role as a man or woman, if you've just sat down somebody and you're complaining about how life used to be, let me tell you today, get back up on your feet. If you stay in that place, if you stay in that place, you will lose your life. You will lose your life. You will lose your inheritance. You will lose what God has for you. But if you stop complaining, if you stop dwelling on how life should be or should be, and just get up onto your feet and be somebody of a different, extraordinary spirit, you will prosper. You will prosper. You will prosper wherever you go. I want to honour two people today. That's Kathy and Andrea. Just as we close, I want to honour you today. Kathy and Andrea, where are you? Stand up, Kathy. Andrea's up there. Some Andrea's up here. We had a we had a community leader come in the other day, and uh, in, a, in a difficult situation. And the impact, what he came away with was this: these people here, this team that you have, especially these two here, they are of an extraordinary spirit. And you have both had your fair share of struggles and challenges, but yet your decision to walk faithfully, your decision to stand upright, your decision to, to be the woman of God. Interesting, your sisters, eh? Come with great legacy. Certain kings in our, in our region took notice of you. So I honour you for that. What we need now are some men. Some men of an excellent spirit. Men, I challenge you today as we finish. Make a decision. Make a decision. Be like Daniel. Be like Daniel. 
make a decision. No, I'm not going to feed on that sort of stuff. I'm not going to drink the intoxicating wine that, that people try and just seduce me with. I'm not going to try and fill my life with things that are just temporary. I'm going to make my life, even though it looks plain, I'm going to make a decision to stand up on the areas of my life. Maybe. Maybe you've got to make a decision. Maybe you've just got to get a, maybe your first decision is to get baptized. When you make a decision to be baptized, that in itself is a decision of faith. People lose their lives over that sort of stuff. Maybe you've just got to start to stand up and, get, and start to pray. Maybe you've got to stand up and, and face some more. Maybe you just, you've just got to stand up and walk in righteousness. I encourage you, I challenge you to do that today. That you would be an inherit, that you would receive the blessing of God. Let's just stand to our feet. Father, I thank you for your people today. Father, I thank you that we are your sons and daughters. We thank you for the legacy of faith that we are all attached to today. Lord, I pray that today as we come into a, a season where a new government is elected into our nation, I pray that today that your people would arise in faith today in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that today we would not be distracted by that so much, but Lord, we would turn our eyes towards you, that we would uh, focus, that we would dedicate our heart towards you afresh, O oh Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give each and every one of us to stand up, to have the courage to stand up in the face of fire and the stand, to be able to stand in the place of adversity, to be able to stand in the place of, like Esther did, that she could stand before the King. I pray, Lord God, that you would put courage on the side of every person here today that every one of us would have the courage to stand, to make a stand for righteousness, not just uh, can be consumed with the intoxicating wine of this world. I pray, Lord, that you would guide our footsteps today. In the days and the months and the years ahead, Lord, we ask for fresh grace to come over our lives today. As we make a stand every day, we stand to pray, we stand to keep ourselves pure. We stand in, our, in the space of relationships that we will not be defiled by ungodly world. Stand in the, the sexual purity, O oh Lord. We're not allowing ourselves to be defiled in that way. Lord, we want to walk righteous with you today. We want to be known as people of an outstanding, extraordinary spirit. I bless your people today. This is the inheritance. This is our legacy today in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship Him one more time.
remember that you are the head and not the tail. On your way out, don't forget to have a look at um, uh, Lynette Love. She's got a new book out. She's yeah. been sitting in the foyer. Um, Billy the Bulldozer. Go and buy yourself a book. Love you guys. See you soon.